Music Raygun. I'm Paul Campanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. Oh, Kirk, how are you doing? Paul, I have another music recommendation. I love Kirk's Rex. <laughs> I got the Rex. Yeah, it's a new segment. It's time for Kirk's Rex. <laughs> Kirk's Rex. And then we play Rex in effect. Um, yeah, cool. Always <laughs> recommend Rex in effect. You can never not recommend yeah. the Rex in effect. Um, this is a KCRW wreck okay. uh, that I was listening to uh, while I was working at home. And it's a uh, singer uh, named Peter Cottontail. <laughs> okay. But the tail of Cottontail is T-A-L-E. Right. Um, he has a new album out that I'm completely blanking on, but he uh, is kind of a gospel guy, like, but it's mixed with R&B and hip hop. So he had an album okay. out. He had an album out um, in April. And uh, yeah, Peter Cottontail. And the album is called Catch. C-A-T-C-H. Catch. Yes. And the single from it is great. And I was confused because it's Chance the Rapper on the single. It's called Pray For Real. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of been blown up on KCRW. And I heard it and I was like, oh, here's that Chance the Rapper song. And then uh, the yeah. DJ at KCRW was like, that was Peter Cottontail. And I was like, who is that? So mm-hmm. uh, I looked up the album. The album is great. It is – it's funny because you tend to like more like, for lack of a better term, hardcore gospel than I do. <laughs> you like it hard. Everyone knows this. I'm super into hardcore gospel. You like it – you like the uncut gospel. Yeah, right. right. Uh, more than I do. So this like, is as, a – As opposed to like gospel-influenced R&B. Yes, Exactly. Right. So this is gospel, but it is uh, – it's very hip-hop influenced and yeah. uh, also with R&B. So it's all that mixed together. But it's a great album. Uh, it put it in the rotation with Haim and uh, <laughs> Chromeo, Chromeo and Boney James. So it's Chromeo, right. Haim, Boney James, Peter Cottontail. If this were 25 years ago, do you think Peter Cottontail would have been in Black Men United? Hmm. I he's almost too alternative right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Not, and not he's mainstream. not R and B enough. I'll have, to, I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. To it's it's good. I enjoy it. I think you'll like it. Uh, as Pray for Real is the is the big hit off of it, and you'll hear it, and you'll be like, oh, this is. You can see why this is a hit, and you do think it's a chance the rapper song. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not an album that's going to become. Uh, regular rotation for me but i'll listen to the the hit plus i yeah. like chance so yeah it's a good that. hit yeah check the hit yeah. definitely i think it's the only album peter cottontail has but uh it's it's worth pursuing yeah is, is my that's and that's my kirk wreck that's kirk's rex <laughs> thank you kirk yeah now it's time for the listener mailbag all right. Pa- pa- our patron saint of Music Raygun, Uncle Mark, the only Night. person who has ever written to us. Still counts. Wrote to us again. That's fine. It's it's absolutely fine. Honestly, I don't really want to hear from anyone but Uncle Mark anyway. <laughs> Paul doesn't want to hear your shit. <laughs> Let's be honest. The whole show is a big don't at me. <laughs> Unless it's from Uncle Mark. I yes. always want to hear Uncle Mark's Rex. Yes. Uh, 
So as he sent us his top five songs that get him hyped, he has now sent in his top five songs that smooth him out. I was hoping he would do that, and yeah. I'm going to be fascinated by this. I think you will be fascinated by the mix. Okay. Again, these are in no particular order, so I'm just going to put them in the order in which he wrote them. Uh, first one, Heavenly Houseboat Blues by Towns Van Zandt. None of those words mean anything to me. You don't know Towns Van Zandt? Not, no. not that you would like Towns Van Zandt. Uh-huh. Uh, sort of like a kind of a country guy. I like Towns Van Zandt. You wouldn't, okay. you wouldn't like Towns Van Zandt. Uh, next one I think you'll like, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good chill one. Definitely. Classic hit. Classic yeah. hit. Yeah. Uh, I really think you'll like this next one. Title of the song is... Is it a crime? <laughs> yes. The artist, you can say the artist if you want. Helen, my girl Helen, <laughs> a.k.a. Sade. Sade. That's a great That's one. Right. Is it a crime? It's great. Is it a crime by Sade? Yeah, well done. Uh, up next, Up From the Skies by Ricky Lee Jones. I only know Chucky's in Love, and Chucky in Love is a great chill song. Yeah, it's funny because I was just talking about Ricky Lee Jones uh, with my mom recently. I know Ricky Lee Jones a little bit, but not that much. And she was like, oh, yeah. you have to listen to Ricky Lee Jones' first album. Um, so you, Ricky Lee Jones has just been like orbiting my world yeah. this week. Do you know Chucky's yeah. in Love? That's her big hit. That was, you know, when we I was talking about it um, with my mom, she said, she asked if I knew that song. And I said, I'm not sure. And then I listened to it. And I said, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Song. But not like, not in like my bones. You know what I okay. mean? I've heard yeah. it, but yeah. And finally... Yeah. Uh, the last song that smooths out Uncle Mark. On the Nickel by Tom Waits. Oh, okay. Tom, That's pro- I'm going to have to ask Ann about that one. I Yes, I, I already knew Uncle Mark to be a Tom Waits fan. And mm. of course I'm a Tom Waits fan. And he yeah. doesn't seem like the type of artist who would smooth you out. But I've definitely fallen asleep to Tom Waits albums in the past. Particularly Blue Valentine. Okay. And he- the title track from that album... Would come close to being on my list of songs that smooth me out. It doesn't smooth me out, but he has that one song that I find relaxing. It's probably the only one of his that I find relaxing. I think I'm saying the title right. You're Beautiful When You Dream. I don't know that. Is that what it's called? It's from the, I think it's it's from the movie Smoke. From the what? There's this movie from the 90s Smoke by Wayne Wang. And uh, it's in there. I think it's called You Beautiful When You Dream. Uh, yeah. It's a great song. I I know early I know um, Asylum era Tom Waits most of all. Back when he was like kind of jazzy. Oh, know? okay. This uh, is jazzy, which is I think the stuff the stuff is is more smooths me out than any of his like eighties nineties. I'm like a guy who lives in a junkyard kind of. <laughs> okay, <vibe>. so. <laughs> I said the title wrong. It's You're Innocent When You Dream. You're Innocent When You Dream. Off the album Frank's Wild Years from 1987. Yeah. Frank's Wild Years is like the third album in that trilogy with uh, swordfish trombones and uh, rain dogs. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Rain dogs I bought when I was in high school and that was the album that uh, got me started. It broke you? Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. Broke me is the word. It, it, <laughs> Bro, I meant emotionally. Right. Uh, it was real weird. That was the. So th- that's when he. That's sort of when he 
changed his style with that trilogy. Oh, that. okay. He's like, oh, okay. I'm not like that jazz bow anymore. Now I'm this weird junkyard poet. Uh, <laughs> I love that term. I yeah. love that term. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I love all versions of Tom Waits. I do. So thank list. you, Uncle Mark, for your good list. Five. Yeah. Uh, but now it's time for Don't At Me. Don't at me. Don't at me. Okay, of course, Don't At Me is the part of the show when Kirk and I each say a hot take or an unpopular opinion about something in music, but we don't care about anyone else's opinion, so please don't at us. Please don't. I will start this time. Sure. The Rolling Stones haven't released a good album in Mick Jagger's girlfriend's lifetime. Don't at me. <laughs> Wait, is that Jerry Hall? You can what? Jerry Hall? No, I don't. I don't remember the name of his current girlfriend. Oh, but I do know okay. that she was born in 1986. Ew, ew, ew. And, uh, and uh, they haven't really. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe Voodoo Lounge from 1994. Maybe. Ugh. Um, but, but I don't think. I don't even think that that's hot. That hot to take. Actually, <laughs> it's more just a fact. Yeah, I just wanted to dunk on uh, Mick Jagger for <laughs> dating a woman who's younger than me, Melanie Hamrick. Mm. Uh, that sounds she, right. Ballerina, 32, and uh, Mick Jagger, 76. Yeah. That's not weird at all. Ooh. I mean, I, yeah, that's a hot button issue, the May-December romances things. Yes, I think it's weird and, and gross. At the same time, if Mick Jagger were dating someone age appropriate, that would also be weird. It's Mick Jagger. So <laughs> it's like, I don't know. There's just, I don't know if you can't really win. He's Yeah, he's nope. kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because he's just yeah. so Mick Jaggery. He's not going to be single. He's Mick Jagger. That's true. It's fair enough. You know? Fair should, enough. I think, like, I don't know, date, maybe if he was dating a woman in her 50s where there's like a 20-year age difference, but it's, it's a not, little better. It's, it's it a feels little better. a little better. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm it's now trying better. to rack my brain. So she's 32. She was born in 86, you say. 30, 34. 34. So... Yeah, I don't even know any. I know I. I don't. I'm trying to think of any like hits, even hits that came out since then. Uh, well, there was uh, Voodoo Lounge came out in 99, 1994, and that had that hit on it. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it. So that music video that was in black and white, and they're all giant. Oh walking through Jesus! The city. Yeah, you know what it's called. Can't remember the name. I'm, of it. I'm, I'm gonna look it up right now. And then in like 2000 or 2001, they had the Bridges to Babylon album that had a single that I remember hearing a lot. Has anybody seen my baby? I think was that one. Yep, you are right on that. I know the song. Oh, this is so funny. Uh, this song sucks from Voodoo Lines. You got me rocking. No, not that one. That song's garbage. I am different the one. You're cutting the meat. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the the single off of Voodoo Lounge that I'm thinking of is Love is Strong. Okay. Okay. Vaguely Love, is strong. Know that Love is strong is kind of a cool song. Mm-hmm. Um but I can't give it up to the whole album, you know? Yeah. And uh Yeah. You know what Flashpoint? 
<laughs> steel wheels, like oh god, steel was so bad. bad. And yeah, the al- they, they put out an album the year that <laughs> Mick Jagger's girlfriend was born called Dirty Work, which is the one where they're all wearing like the pastel, like Miami Vice outfits. <laughs> oh. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, someone with Harlem Shuffle on it, and uh, oh, that had a good video. Yeah, that was uh, it. Yeah. That that album came out the year that Mick Jagger's current girlfriend was born. Okay, that's not uncomfortable at all. <laughs> but yeah, you can skip you can skip any Rolling Stones. It's not like there's there are no good songs on the albums, but yeah. overall, you could skip any album from the past thirty four years, and that would be fine. <laughs> that sounds that's my that hot checks take. out. That checks out. Take. Yeah. <laughs> all right, mine is. Everyone stop dunking on Macklemore's Thrift Shop. It's a good song. Go ahead and dunk on all their other songs, but not that one. Don't at me. Yeah, totally agree. Totally. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Did people really hate Thrift Shop that much, or did they just hate Macklemore? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a good point. I'm like, why do you hate him? I yeah. mean, he's he didn't turn out to be that great. But when I heard Thrift Shop, I was like, oh, shit. This is a, yeah. this is a good hook. It's a positive song. It's uh, it promotes upcycling. Yeah, it's I, oh, I still always think about that. The lyric about that's fifty dollars for a t-shirt. Yeah, like, that's a yeah. great line. It, yeah. it promotes fiscal responsibility. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I've never understood. And like, nah. and then later on, like they they had other he had other crappy songs, but that one I love. Yeah, I, I feel like the. Like with a lot of pop hits and one hit wonders, it was retroactive. Like that song came out. It was great. Everyone loved it. It was a huge hit. And then he tried to have more hits and and collectively everyone was just sort of like, I don't know about that. You know what <laughs> they I mean? Were, like, were they like, how dare you have more hits? Yeah. He's like from Seattle, I think. Yeah, I think he's, so. He's like white. He's super white. He's so white. He's a redhead. That's, you know, like, <laughs> Hot take. Uh, yeah, and then I don't know. His other hits were sort of garbagey, and it looked for yeah. a minute there like you know they were trying to make him like he was going to be the next big thing, and just no one yeah. was, was buying. No but I totally it. agree with you. I, I have always liked Thrift Shop. I yeah. still listen to Thrift Shop now and enjoy it. Same. I agree. I, I I'm yeah. not going to get any other Malcolm Moore, but I to this day still listen right. to Thrift Shop. Enjoy enjoy it highly. He's not technically a one-hit wonder, but in my, I consider him a one-hit wonder, a oh. one good song wonder. <laughs> that's a better. That's more appropriate. The one good song wonder. Well, that's yeah. well said. Because yeah, yeah, he's had a couple, but that's there's only one song that's worth it. But uh, yeah, and it's that was, been a minute. That was like twenty. Was that 2012, 2013, something? Twenty. Oh my god! Yeah, it might have been like no. I think it was more like twenty. I thought it was like twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Yeah, and yeah. and he sort of disappeared. So a little bit. I don't know. He I don't know time. what Macklemore's up to now. Nor I, but thrift, thrift shop survives. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's a uh, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a hot take because I think a lot of people would disagree with you, but I'm yeah. not one of them. I, 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 pre- I appreciate your your support. <laughs> yeah. All right, now let's get into our top fives. This is the segment we're doing on the show while we're quarantined during the 2019 pandemic, and we can't do our normal format. So each week. Uh, or each episode, Kirk and I choose a topic for a list, and then we each individually choose our top five items for that topic. And Kirk, you chose uh, 
this week's topic, and I'm very happy about it. This is our top five songs from John Hughes movies that aren't Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Yes. Very excited. Yeah. Very. Now, how this all came about, I'm going to hit you with a caveat. Don't You Forget mm-hmm. About Me is a great song, and I still love oh, it to yes. this day. I, I never yeah. considered for a second that the reason for that is because you hate the song. I know it's just because it's so obvious a pick. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. Um, that's it. But um, I recently read a book. It's from 2010, but it's a book called, uh, you'll appreciate this. It's called You Couldn't Ignore Me If You Tried, which is a line uh-huh. from from um, The Breakfast Club that uh, that Judd Nelson says to, Mar- okay. to, uh, Mo- to Molly uh, Ringwald. Yeah. And uh, the book is about just, it's kind of behind the scene looks of the John Hughes phenomenon of the 80s. And it dives deep into the makings of uh, the big movies that he did. Sixteen Candles, uh, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, the big teen movies. And it was just a fascinating quick read. And then I was like, oh, God, he his soundtracks were killer. Yeah. Killer soundtracks. And then I found out that his soundtracks were so successful that he had his own record label. Yeah. And I was like, I had no idea. And that just got me thinking. Let's dive deep into some of uh, some of his movies and into some of his songs. And uh, I think you brought up the good point. These are songs from movies that he either wrote and directed or just directed. Because at some point he stopped really directing, or um, so. or just wrote. Because there yeah, are sorry, a lot of right. yes. popular movies that are considered John Hughes movies, even though he didn't direct them. Yes, I think exactly. The, I, like Pretty in Pink. No, six is it Sixteen Candles or Pretty in Pink that he didn't direct? He did not direct Pretty in Pink. That was Howard yeah. Deutsch, as well as that was news uh, to me. I didn't realize. Yeah, as well as some kind of wonderful was Howard yeah. Deutsch. Yeah, yeah, but though Howard Deutsch was um, like his guy. So yeah, that's, was, he, was, he's yeah. one of those filmmakers like uh, Tarantino or even Wes Anderson, where the music is obviously not only not an afterthought, but like an important part of his creative process and, and part of the movie that he has a lot of control over. And that's why yeah. they're so iconic. Exactly. Is the, is the, is the song are the songs in his movies. So yeah. I'm curious now, if we're going to have any over uh, uh, overlay with each other. I think of all the topics we've done so far, this is the one where we're most risking overlap. Yes. Uh, I have even a couple of honorable mentions that I would want to start with, but I don't want to overlap any more than we have to. Oh, so until the end. Saving them, I think, is a better idea. Um, yeah. Um, I also I also want to say before we start, you are obviously much more a child of the 80s. I'm a yes. child of the 90s. Yes. So I came to a lot of John Hughes movies late. Like, I've only seen The Breakfast Club once. I watched it in college and I didn't care. <laughs> um, yeah, wasn't for me. Uh, yeah. The music in it is still great, but a lot of his movies I've never seen. I've never seen Pretty in Pink. I've never seen Sixteen Candles. It's um, amazing. But but even in, in in some of those cases, I'm aware of the music in them. Like obviously the song Pretty in Pink, which yeah. we talked about on the show before. Yeah, I love that song. Just yeah. never seen the movie. And I'm also That's pretty funny. aware of the plots just from like cultural osmosis. Yeah, I kind of know what it. happens in them. Like I can tell you all about Ducky and and uh, <laughs> That's great. And uh, Blaine. The, is it Iona, the 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 woman that Annie Potts plays? Oh god, I forgot her name. She's great in that. Um, yeah, yeah, who owns like the record store. So like I know store. the beats. Even though yeah. I've never seen that movie in my life, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the age gap. Like I saw all those movies. 
with the exception of 16 Candles, because I was too, a little too young. I was early yeah. 80s. But I saw all those later ones in a movie theater with my friends. And it it's, it is, it was mind-blowing at the time. Like, you're just like, oh, my yeah. God, they're speaking to me. And this music. Yeah, that was, even though that was not, your generation. It was my generation. Yeah. So uh, I thought we'd honor it with some, some of his songs. Okay. Um, I'll start this one because I feel like it's more your category and you should have right. the, num- the, the final say on the number one. Oh, good. Uh, we're going to start with Ferris Bueller's Day Off because that's not only the John Hughes movie I've seen the most. It's one of the movies I've seen the most. That's... Even though I'm not an 80s kid, I got obsessed with that movie when I was like 14 or 15. That's so funny because that's the John Hughes movie that my kids love. Yeah, that that's the one that just I think is is the most widely popular and that endures the most and is immune to aging. Yeah, no, agree. Everyone can relate yeah. to that. It's not my favorite. I'll give my favorite later, but that's uh, <laughs> that's definitely uh, every, everyone loves that movie. Like I yeah. showed the kids The Breakfast Club. Yeah. And they liked it, but they're like, nah, it's too just too extra, it's too over dramatic. Yeah, it's, very, it's pretty uh, melodramatic. Yeah, and then but they love Ferris Bueller. They love it. Yeah. yeah. When I I loved that movie, it would have been like ninety six, ninety seven. It was on Comedy Central all the time, and I just watched oh, it a thousand yeah. times. And it seemed ancient to me. It's the eighties oh. seemed like ancient <laughs> history. And I think back now, I'm like. The movie was only 10 years old when yeah. I was into it. And it seemed so old-fashioned. You know, the style and the music. Not yeah. that it was dated, but it was just very 1985, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the fashion and the music, definitely. Yeah. But the song that I picked for my number five is Beat City by the Flower Pot Men. Beat City! Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's the song they're just listening to when they're driving in the Ferrari and it's sort of the montage. Yes. Great. 80s song by uh, this band who I don't know if they did anything else. You know, I looked them up. Uh, I actually had to look up the name of the band because I knew the song, but I was like, who did it? The Flower Pot Men, who like had no other hits. They seem to have done the song pretty much for the movie. I think uh, so. Yeah. I think so. But it's a great song. It's, It's a very 80s sort of, you know, new wavy synth pop thing, but it also has this great guitar riff that's almost like this surf guitar in it. That yes. It's very... It's very... It's also, yeah, there's a little bit of rock in there. I think that's why. So it's not too new wavy. Yeah, it's awesome. And the I, interesting thing is for... What were you going to say? Oh, I just... It's like you said, uh, who knows what happened to those guys. I never heard that song on the radio, ever. Yeah, it's just from the movie. Yeah, but it's great. The interesting thing about Ferris Bueller's Day Off is they never put out an official soundtrack. And I don't know, maybe this was in the book you read, but John Hughes, like the record company was begging him to put out a soundtrack and he refused because his thinking was like, oh, I love all the songs, but they're all so different that like who would want a soundtrack? Like what kid wants a soundtrack with all these new wave hits, but then Donka Shane on it? <laughs> Twist and like, Child. Who would buy that? But he did put out a single of Beat City because I guess otherwise it wasn't available. So he... Oh. Like, um, on his own, put out a single with Beat City and one of the other songs on it that you could get, like, through his fan club or something. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. order it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Beat City is a great name for a song. 
So the flower pot man is a cool name for a band. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> it's um, not even on Spotify. You have to go to YouTube to, oh, to shit. hear it. It's like that. Yeah. Wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah, Beat City. Beat City. That, now that's that's warmed in my brain now. I'm going to be doing that all day. Yeah, beat, it's good. Beat, beat, it's beat. Good. My number five mm-hmm. is from an underrated gem of a movie, which I just decided to watch six days ago. Some For kind the first of one. Time? No, oh, no, first time in like a long yeah. time. Some kind of wonderful. Yes. Underrated. Someone with um, um, McDreamy, right? <laughs> uh, no, Eric Stoltz. Oh, I thought it was... Uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Dempsey? Patrick Dempsey. Which one no. am I thinking of? Oh, that's Patrick... Can't Buy Me Love is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and that's not, that's not a John Hughes movie. That's um, not John Hughes. What's, no. Yeah, okay, tell me about uh, Some Kind of Wonderful. Some Kind of Wonderful stars an underrated Eric Stoltz, yeah. a delightful Leah Thompson, and Ooh. a wonderful Mary Stuart Masterson just killing it. Yeah. And it is – people shat on it a bit at the time because it came out right after Pretty in Pink, which was a huge hit. It's essentially Pretty in Pink Part 2 just with the roles reversed. Okay. So slight, so it's the, – the the main guy is – the main character is a guy mm-hmm. who's in love with the popular girl. Who's and a his best Whose best friend is uh, a quote-unquote tomboy who's married to Mashton who plays yeah. the drums and is in love with him. And she's the ducky. She's the ducky, but she's not like goofy. She's like, yeah. you should watch it because I think you'd fall in love with Mary Stuart Masterson in this. Yeah. Because she's kind of new wave punk and plays the drum and is a badass and is uh, bitter and yeah. sarcastic and just yeah. throws shade for the entire movie. Um, and is great. And it kind of got shat on because they're like, you just repeated this. And even Johnny just like, yeah, I know I did because I wanted to. I wanted to. I, it's a little more about class than even Pretty in Pink is about like class separation yeah. and distinction. Um, but it's really good. It's also the soundtrack that my like theater alternative friends were like, that's that's the cool John Hughes soundtrack because no one big was on this. OK. You had people like. So what's the song that you picked? My song is you gonna know this, but you can look it up. It's Turn to the Sky. By the March Violence. Huh. Okay. And it's just a great pop, kind of new wave, but a, and a little bit rocky song. They were featured in the movie. They pl- they're the club band in the kids' club, in the, like the under 18 club that they yeah. visit for a dramatic scene. And it's, um, it's a female singer and a male singer. And then it's just like a five piece band. And Where are they from? Are they American? They're American. I they're, okay. I can't remember where they're from, uh, but they are American. They're in the uh, on the album twice. One for "Turn to the Sky," which I like, and then they do a cover of the Rolling Stones and Miss Amanda Jones. Okay, because Leah Thompson's character's name is Amanda Jones in the movie. Ah, Let's see, uh, and that is a the good name song. Of the too. March Violets makes them sound as if they're either part of the Paisley Underground sound or the Dunedin sound from new zealand and I, they're obviously neither but just the their their name sounds like that so i feel like i'll like them the name and it's one of the reasons why i picked him too because i i think you'll be like yeah that's pretty good i just think the name is very paul 
The March Violets. The March Violets sounds like a band that you would listen to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why they're my number five. Um, never heard from them. Another Again, never on the radio. Never yeah. heard from them on the radio. But they you actually, can see their they video tour with YouTube. the flower pot, man. <laughs> <laughs> they, play, they play little clubs. They do their two songs. For mm-hmm. the encore, they do Miss Amanda Jones. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you can check them out on YouTube. They're, they're pretty good. I will check that out. Yeah. And I actually, maybe I should do a double feature just for myself of uh, uh, Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful because I've seen neither. You should. And yeah. uh, you'll you'll love parts of it. You, let me tell you something. You're going to love James Spader in Pretty in Pink. Oh, I love James Spader in anything. He's Tough throwing. turf. Tough turf. <laughs> I saw that during quarantine too. Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pretty Pink, James Spader's throwing heat. He's just... You can't get a dickier James Spader than this role. He's so good. <laughs> such a fucking asshole. He's such that. a good – he always plays such a good dickhead. Uh, I love Spader. I also love Eric Stoltz. He's the first celebrity I ever saw in L.A. I don't know if I Oh, that's awesome. Story. He's yeah. good. Like people were kind of like, no, he's not like – He's he plays like – in because in typical 80s fashion, he's an artist. Yeah. That's why they he, fired him from Back to the Future. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't and, fun enough. And hot take, because in uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, um, he plays it edgy and he's playing a, a good t- – he's really good and he's playing like an artist and a little bit tortured. Yeah. And like I guess the studio is like, we got to fire him. We can't use him. He's, 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 he's not fun. And so he almost got fired again and that would have been back-to-back reason. firings. <laughs> it would have been horrible. Uh, no, I like Eric Stoltz, and uh, as much as I love Back to the Future, as everyone does, I've always kind of wanted to see the Eric Stoltz version. I'm very curious about it. Like, if you can yeah. see the whole movie as, or most of it, yeah. I, yeah. I am too, because I, I, I ride hard for Eric Stoltz. Yeah. But that's my number five. Uh, all right, my number four. My if, if I was just ranking these songs just based on which song is my favorite, it would be higher. It might be even my number one. Mm-hmm. The reason it's down so low on this list is because it's not used particularly memorably in the movie mm-hmm. it's in. They just play a few seconds of it. And I also think it's a bad choice for the context in which it's used in the movie. Okay. Oh. And the song is by this goth rock band from the 80s called Killing Joke. And the song is called 80s. And okay. it rules. It's one of my favorite songs ever. These days, it's 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 more famous now for being the song that Nirvana ripped off for "Come as You Are." You know that story? Oh yeah, yeah. What movie is this? Yeah. Then? So this is used in Weird Science. Oh. To, when they're having the house party, and yeah. all the and all the kids are partying, just like in the living room, like jumping yeah. up and down partying. This is the song that's playing. That's interesting. Just for a few seconds while the kids are, you know, having their having their time. tech stands and having a good time. And I'm like, this is a weird song for that. Yeah. That yeah. whole soundtrack yeah. is odd. Um, yeah. The whole movie, the movie's not great except for Bill Paxton. Oh, um, well, take it back because it's the best. <laughs> I used, weird ew. Science. I loved Weird Science when I was a kid. I mean, I've, I've seen it a billion times. And yeah. I can recite it. We would just quote <laughs> Bill Paxton the whole time. We yeah. also Chet. quote, yeah, Chet, yeah. and also a little bit of Robert Downey Jr., who's just, you can see he's just fucking around. Oh, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. As the, like, was, the bully. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was the, um, it's the other kid. The, Anthony Michael Hall's best friend, he's not good. He's not the best, but what I mean, okay, so not everyone is perfect. You got Anthony Michael Hall at the top of his game in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's good. Kelly LeBrock just being Kelly LeBrock all over the place. She's she's pretty bad in this. <laughs> oh, her acting performance isn't the best? Who gives a shit? It's not, yeah. It's Kelly okay. LeBrock. Fair with enough. the half shirt and then the... Uh, yeah. And then... <laughs> and then Robert Downey Jr. as a bully. It's, yeah, he's it's good as a bully. great. It's Bill Paxton as the dicky older brother. Uh, I love he's that. great. In that. It's so I do, funny. I do say this. If you remember, I had such a crush on the girl with the black hair. I vaguely remember, but it's hard to think of anyone. Yeah, the Brock. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Weird science. Fair There's enough. like one of their actual girlfriends, like Wyatt's girlfriend. Yeah, that eventually fell for, and yeah, yeah, and stuff. Gary like that. and Wyatt. <laughs> Gary and Wyatt, oh boy. Yeah. And then um, the only songs I know from uh, Weird Science are obviously Weird Science but Oingo Boingo, which I'm assuming you really uh-huh. liked. And then uh, General Public's Tenderness, which is one of my favorite songs from the 80s. Tenderness is one of my honorable mentions. Oh, yes. But I'll talk about it now if you want. The reason yes, it's an honorable did. mention. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of reasons it's an honorable mention. One is because... I know it best from Clueless because they use it over the end credits of Clueless. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't which is, remember which that. Which is a teen movie from the 90s from my generation. That's a good movie. Uh, I enjoy that movie. Yeah. So I don't think of it as yeah from a John Hughes movie. Although that's kind of ironic because the other reason I made it an honorable mention is it's in three John Hughes movies. They use it in Weird Science, they use it briefly in Ferris Bueller, and they use it in 16 Candles. That's right, they do. You are 100% correct. So 100% just, correct. Yeah. So, like, I, I wasn't sure whether to put it as number one or just not include it at all. No, but that makes Tenderness sense. Tenderness by General Public is a stone cold classic. I love Dave Wakeling, anything that guy yeah. does. Uh, great band. Yeah, great album. Yeah. Good stuff. So, so I'm good glad you stuff. mentioned tenderness because that was one of my honorable mentions. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I'll go to my uh, number. But oh, yeah, wait, Killing Joke one. 80s is is really just on there for being a song I love that happens to be in Weird Science. <laughs> that So did you know of the song before you saw the movie? No, because I saw Weird Science as a kid. But then, and I didn't really know about Killing Joke until I was much older. Yeah, so then it was – so it didn't really register with you that much in the movie then. It's like, oh my god, this song. No. Okay. No, because it was used very briefly. And it's also yeah. not music I would have liked at the time. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's very uh, – now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's not necessarily a song you'd play at a teenage party in the 80s. I mean, I wasn't at any – High school parties <laughs> in the 80s. But uh, yeah, it's more like uh, be alone in your room and angry at the world kind of song. <laughs> yeah. So it feels like. Although it it's got a lot of energy. It does. Like it you does. could party to it. But it's just like that scene. It's all these like dumb jock types having the party. Yeah. You know? And it's I'm a like, popular oh, kid into party. killing joke. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a thing. No, yeah. no, no cool kid was really into killing joke. Yeah. Right. So that's why it's a lot. It must have been one of those John Hughes was like, I fucking love the song. I'm John Hughes. Yeah. I'm putting I'm putting it in. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because it does uh, rule. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. I forgot all about that. Um, my number four is very on brand for me, and I put it in to show him some love because it's weird that this song was in this movie. It's Get to Know Ya by Jesse Johnson from Pretty in Pink. I don't know the song. I don't know the artist. So tell me. You know Jesse Johnson. We play Jesse Johnson. He's from The Time. Oh, he's from The Time. Okay. Yeah, the guitarist okay. from The Time. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the lead guitarist in time, the guy that came up with the hook for Jungle Love. Um, that's, yeah. that's his creation. But it's weird. He is on the Pretty in Pink, Pretty in Pink soundtrack. And I love it because it's a great song. It's not necessarily R&B-ish. It's more new wavy with an R&B tinge. But you're just yeah. like, if you look at the album, you're just like, oh, okay, it's the Psychedelic Furs. It's Suzanne Vega. It's in excess. It's the Smiths. And then it's Jesse Johnson. Yeah. It's a weird outlier and it fits to, here's a good example. The song, which never really tried or anything is used in the movie at the popular kids party. So at the popular kids party, which is Spader's house, he's yeah. throwing a rager because his parents are out of town. And they're playing Jesse Johnson, Get to Know You. And then it kind of fits. It fits. Right. It makes sense that the song is an outlier because it's it's not supposed to fit in. Yeah. It, it's it's a character choice. It is a character choice. Well said. It is a character yeah. choice. Yeah. And everyone's just a drunk and an asshole in it. And uh, it's a good party song, too, because you could dance to it. And I just – when I first got that – saw the soundtrack as even as a kid, I was like, Jesse Johnson's on this soundtrack. I'm immediately buying this. I don't care what else is on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would have bought it for everything other than that. (laughs) That is, uh, my hot take is that's my, that's my favorite John Hughes soundtrack. And that to me is probably the, my favorite John Hughes movie. For some reason, it means a lot to me. I can't really explain why. Maybe it's because I saw it when I was like 16 uh, no, I was 15. Yeah, you were right there. Yeah, yeah, I was 15. I couldn't even really uh, drive yet. And so it just kind of like, that's that's the one that I ride hard for a lot. It would be. I just, I've never seen that one. I, I feel like it's it would be the one that I'd like the best too. Because the whole, like what I understand about the story with Ducky. And, yeah. Yeah. As, uh, I, I'm as an adult a, beta male myself, I understand. <laughs> I feel like I understand Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna go hot take yeah. and say that you'll like some kind of wonderful more based on yeah. the soundtrack and based on Mary Stuart Masterson. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, you'll like relate to her and be like, "Oh my god!" If I was a teenager, I'd fall in love with her immediately. Because yeah, even I did. Like you're rooting for Eric Stoltz to. Uh... Yeah. Well, don't spoil really the ending, through. but I know that in Pretty in Pink, you know, even though you might be rooting for uh, uh, Molly Ringwald to pick Ducky, she does not. She does not. Hot she take. Doesn't get, uh, yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. That was, um, fun fact, that wasn't the original version. Oh, really? Did they in the original version? In the original script? In, in the original version of Pretty in Pink, it's, it's Ducky and uh, uh, Molly Ringwald. I think and you told sh- the story. Wasn't it John yeah. Cryer's call to be like, no. No. Or was it Molly no, Ringwald's? No, he wanted it. It was Molly Ringwald's because they did a screening and apparently yeah. the screening was going great. And then at the end, people were like, we don't want him with Ducky. 
And and Mallory was like, yeah, it should be Andrew McCarthy because this is wish fulfillment and everyone wants their dream to come true. And he's the prince. Right. So we should just go with the prince. Right. And it's yeah. like the original ending is wish fulfillment for John Hughes, maybe being the, yeah, the exactly adult nerd who wrote the script yes. and who, you know, sees it that way. But it would have been false. Yeah. It would have been false. Yeah. It, it would have been wish fulfillment for the writer director, which isn't. Uh, yeah. Well, not director, but yeah. Yeah, they're right. But good on him for being like, yeah, change it. We're going to change it. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Because it's um, her. But story. that is my. Yeah, it's her story. Exactly. And that's uh, that's my number four, Jesse Johnson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. I'll have to check that. Check that. I, I should really check watch Pretty in Pink before I turn 40, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you owe it to yourself, Paul. Already Come late, on. but. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, my number three song, I know you know, this is the first of two songs on my list that was written for the movie in which it appears. And it is called Holiday Road by Lindsay Buckingham. (laughs) That song rules. National Lampoon's Vacation. Yes. Which is a real, like, musically, like, real dumb, (laughs) fun song. It's just a great pop song. It's such a good song. Yeah. Such a good song. Lindsey yeah. Buckingham solo, thumbs up. He's and and he's kind of a weirdo. Like nothing could be more mainstream than uh, than Fleetwood Mac's hits, but Lindsey Buckingham has shown himself to be a weirdo. What was that weird video we watched from that song that you trouble? Brought? Yeah, trouble. It, yeah, this. I mean, Holiday Road almost belongs with that. It's just him. I agree. But yes. it is very it is very poppy and accessible. But it yeah. is a little odd. It's got some old-fashioned harmonies that are just great. Yeah. And uh, National Lampoon's Vacation is maybe the first John Hughes movie I ever loved. Because like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they used to play it on Comedy Central. Yeah. Endlessly in the 90s. And I'd watch it whenever it was on. Yeah. Great, great movie. So I, I love that movie. I love that song. Yeah. That, that song is great. I love that song. That is a good pull. I forgot all about that because he, he wrote National uh, Lampoon's Vacation. He didn't yes, he correct did. it, I don't think. No, he didn't. But yeah. he did write it. Yes, he did. You know, at the, this is how big he was even before he started directing because uh, in the same year, he had uh, Vacation and Mr. Mom at this, in the same year. Oh, those Come came on. out the same year? They came yeah. out the same year, and you're like, wow, that dude's just making it. And that's when he was like, I'm going to direct this thing called Sixteen Candles. Yeah, that's what... Uh, oh, did Sixteen Candles come out before? Yeah, it did come out before The Breakfast Club. Yeah, it came out yeah. right before. Yeah. But Anthony Michael Hall is also... I think Vacation is his first movie, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. He's great in that. He's so funny in it. He's I love that guy. so funny. Yeah. So funny. Oh, that song's such a good pick. Now that song is fucking stuck in my head. That is, I forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah. oh, Holiday that's Road, a good baby. one. Yeah. That is good. And what you said about the harmonizing is 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 spot on. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's fun. It's fun stuff though. I took a detour for my number three mm-hmm. and uh, went to a song that not a lot of people know. It wasn't a huge hit, uh, but it's from. Uh, a great movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And it I've is. I've never seen that either. Oh my God, Paul! <laughs> well, I can't see all the movies. <laughs> Thanks. It's just a Thanksgiving classic. Yeah. It's a great movie. 
Um, for Home for the Holidays with yeah. uh, Holly Hunter. And that is a good movie, too. I That's a good movie. Uh, but this is from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It's a song called Medigliani, parentheses, Lost in Your Eyes by the group Book of Love. Huh. Don't know it. Tell me Book about of, Book of Love. Book of Love. This is how I know Book of Love. And this is why I put it on there because it's a personal thing. My yeah. uh, first serious girlfriend... The girl that I lost my virginity to was a huge Book of Love fan. Mm-hmm. Book of Love, uh, they were, I think they were British. Uh, they had a very, very Probably. new wave. Like hardcore new wave. Yeah. Like a pop new wave. But like very, very, very nice sounding new wave. It was like a group of four, two women, two men. Basically two synthesizers and a singer. And like maybe a drum machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a couple of songs. One was they had a song called "You Make Me Feel So Good." They had a song called "Book of Love," and then Medigliani, uh, which uh, John Hughes used in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when they're on the train for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw "Book of Love" in concert uh, mm-hmm. at an underage club in Cleveland, where you know you could get teen if you're club. under eighteen club, where like on a Sunday yeah. night they'll they'll perform and they came to perform at Peabody's down under in Cleveland. <laughs> and they, the thing I remember most is all these new wave kids. I was way out of place. All these new wave kids just freaking out. And they have a song called I touch roses. And in the middle of the song, they started mm-hmm. throwing out rose petals to the kids. Kids were like crying <laughs> and grabbing at the petals <laughs> Were you at the show with your girlfriend? I was at the show with my girlfriend because she's like, do you want to come see Book of Love with me? And I was like, I have right. no idea who they are, but sure. I'll <laughs> yeah. And because you're my girlfriend and we're having sex for the first time. Right. And so that's why. Right. Uh, and then, but this was before Planes, Trains, and Automobiles came out. And then Planes, yeah. Trains, and Automobiles came out. She had moved on to college. We had broken up. And that song came in on Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And it just hit me and I freaked the fuck out in the middle of the theater. I was like, oh my God, it's Book of Love. They're in this movie. I just lost it. (laughs) So it's real. uh, It's a John Hughes moment at a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it's very meta. Um, So yeah, Medigliani, Book of Love. Very, very new wavy. Um, But good. Catchy. Very catchy. Um, um, I can't believe one of these not days I'll watch that movie. <laughs> you have so much to watch. Like I mean, uh, you know, eighties pop culture. <laughs> I had to absorb a lot of it later, and I didn't get everything. I understand, but you R. missed R. some Junkin. big things. Uh, I can understand you not seeing some kind of wonderful. I get that. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't see Pretty in Pink or uh, Trains, Planes, and Obvious. I think I think it's I'm a little more embarrassed about planes, trains, and automobiles because, like you said, it's the Thanksgiving movie. It's yeah. perennially popular. Whereas Pretty in Pink, I feel like that was a massive hit for people who were teens in the '80s, and I wasn't yeah. a teen in the '80s, so it you know, not that you can't go back and discover it, but yeah, it's uh, it's I feel like for me less of a glaring omission. It's I I agree because that's a less that movie's not in heavy rotation on cable during the time. Whereas yeah. I mean every every Thanksgiving, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles is on. So yeah, so shame on you. So, <laughs> someday, someday. All right, uh, my number yeah, two number song 
is uh, is also from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. And it's an instrumental, and it's called March of the Swivelheads by the English Beat. You know <sighs> the that? The English Beat's good. Um, You'll know it when I tell you what part of the movie it is. Yeah, you have to tell me what part of the movie. It's the part of the movie when he's racing home at the end and he's cutting through all the backyards. You know? Oh! When it's the end of the day and Jeannie yeah. almost hits him with the car. Oh! Shit, that's English beat? Yes, but here's the thing about the song. Like I said, it's an instrumental. It's called March of the Swivelheads. But it's an instrumental version of an English beat song called Rotating Heads. So the non-instrumental version has a different title and it's... Oh, okay. So wait, let me unpack. So in the movie, it's an instrumental version of the English beat song, but that's the original is actually an actual song that's not an instrumental. Yeah, it's on the same album that has... It's on their third and final album. We'll save it for later on it. Oh, that's a good song. And, And it's called Rotating Heads instrumental version which i guess was like a b-side to, i don't know oh, i don't know okay. how it was originally released but it had a different name they called it march of the Swivelheads, and that's okay. what plays that's what's in ferris bueller's day off is the instrumental version i am ashamed that i didn't know that and in my head that was just that was created for the movie i had no idea like it was score no it was an yeah English beat song. and yeah, connects to tenderness no through uh Yes. Dave Wakeling, who is in both bands, General Public and Yes. Beat. I'm fascinated by that because I know uh, I know the English Beat from like I Confess and Save It and They're great. Yeah. And then yeah. they broke off into two factions of General Public right. and Fine Young Cannibals, and both were great. I both didn't know like that a, Fine Young Cannibals was an offshoot of the English Beat. Yeah, it was. It was like the other guys. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. English Beat, legendary two-tone ska band. But probably yeah. the one that went the most pop, and uh, and I yeah, love agree. Them. They're probably my favorite. Yeah. They're my favorite two tone band. I love uh, them. They're very accessible to me. So yeah, I, I, I get that. But yeah, yeah the yeah. two offshoots were General Public and and Fine Young Cannibals. Oh yeah, see, I didn't know that about Fine Young mm-hmm. Cannibals. Yeah, but uh, yeah, check out the check out the song Rotating Heads because then you'll get to hear that music that you know so well from Ferris Bueller's with the lyrics. That's so weird to me. It's going to be, I'm going to check it out after this because it's going to be like, yeah. wait, there's lyrics to this? Yep, 100%. And it's just a great, it's such a great climax to the movie, that whole. Oh, it's so good. Thing. So good. It's also when he's being like, the thing about Ferris Bueller is when you watch that movie as a young teen, Ferris Bueller seems like the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. But once you're an adult, that kid is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's a monster, and there's what like, you know that that whole running through the backyard seems so cool. And then you watch him as an adult; he's actually cutting through people's houses. Yeah, there's one thing he does that I never even noticed as a kid, and now makes me furious. Where one of the backyards, there's a dad just like barbecuing, and yeah. he's got a beer in his hand. And as Ferris Bueller runs past him, just snatches the beer right out of the guy's hand and like drinks yes. it, and then throws it in the flower pot in the front yard. I'm like. Yep. What an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a fucking cool. dick in real life. Yeah. yeah. He the principal is nine... actually the hero of that movie. <laughs> Shocking. Right. He's 100% right. Genie and the principal are 100% yeah. right about Ferris. 
He fucking skipped nine days in a semester. He's That's just blowing off. Yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah. I have this whole thing. I actually wrote about it when we worked together too, that as you get older, you start to see the point of view of the parents and the adults in John Hughes movies. Yeah. Where like, I go, you go to Principal Vernon, you're like, yeah, these kids need to be in detention. They <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but that's why they're great teen movies is because John Hughes is an adult who can still access that point of view. Yes. And write to it because Ferris Bueller is, is a great, he's just like a fantasy. He's a, he's a a version of a teenager that every teenager wishes they could be. He does everything. Yeah. Breaks all the rules you wish you could do and everyone still loves you and you get away with it. Exactly. It's the perfect fantasy. And I'm not giving away too much in uh, some kind of wonderful, but in some kind of wonderful, Eric Stoltz's character spends his first year of college money mm-hmm. on a date with Leah Thompson. And as yeah. a kid, there's yeah. a huge argument between him and his dad. And his dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? Put that money back. And like <laughs> Eric Stoltz is like, it's my life. I do what I want. I earn that money. And as a kid, you're like, yeah, man. And now I watch it. I'm like, you dummy. Put yeah. the fucking money back. It's college. Right. It's crazy yeah. how things change with these John Hughes movies. You start siding with the parents. But that's what makes him so talented. Because you know, yeah. like if you ask John Hughes, he wouldn't he wouldn't like defend the position of the teenage characters, but he does understand them. Yes. And yes. And is able to make you forget your own responsibility. <laughs> yes. Because it's you're right. So it's wish fulfillment. It's and that's what makes it yeah. so great at that time. Yeah. I stuff. never I, the, the dozens of times that I watched Ferris Bueller as a kid, I never for a second went, "Hey, wait a minute, that's not cool." <laughs> that's hey, not cool. <laughs> wait a minute, you're hacking into the school system. Like, what happens that's when Abe Froman does show up for his reservation? They never. <laughs> He's going to get that. screwed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He t- he <laughs> no. talked his best friend into taking the dad's car. It's. It's unacceptable. I also, yeah, unacceptable. even at the time, I related to Cameron much more than I related to Ferris yeah, Bueller. I mean, I exactly. <laughs> but it is yeah. very, very funny to watch it that way. Oh, that was a good pick. Uh, my number two is from 16 Candles. It's the last scene of the movie. It's a song that gives you all the feels. It's If You Were Here by the Thompson Twins. Okay. Yeah, I know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one... Uh, that's, I mean, oh my God, the ending of that, like she's sitting on a table with Jake. They're having uh, a birthday cake. It's all wonderfully yeah. lit. And she's, he's like, what did you wish for your birthday? And she's like, it came true. Credits. Yeah. And you're just like, if, oh, such a good song. Such <laughs> a good song. That song wasn't a huge hit either. Yeah, that's the scene it, it, I know. Yeah. Even having not seen the movie, I've seen that scene. I don't know where, but yeah. I'm, Yeah, it's iconic. It's it's an iconic scene. Yeah. And then, I mean, I knew it was the Thompson Twins, I think, later, because then they it's like a year later, then they blew up with all their other songs. So that's a little a little under the radar song. But that's one of their their better songs, I think. Yeah. Um, And and well, well used, well used by Mr. Hughes. That's a that's a quick one. That's my number two. Yeah. and you said that, that's from... I, I always confuse 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink. But 16 Candles is first. 16 Candles is first. That's, that's the like, one where she's in love with... With The Jake. guy who plays Jake didn't really do anything else. Pretty in Pink is she's in love with Andrew McCarthy. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. In uh, uh, 
yeah, the guy in Sixteen Candles is Jake. His name is Jake Ryan in the movie. He's, he's dude. He lived. He did it right. His name's Michael Scholing or something. He was like he was yeah. a Calvin Klein model. He did this movie. Then he went and did Vision Hunt, which is a great movie. Or Vision Quest, sorry, which is yeah. a, the wrestling movie, which is great. And then it was like, fuck this. Yeah. And he moved to Pennsylvania and became like a high-end carpenter. Yeah, he's one of those guys you'll see on a lot of like, where are they now kind of things. Yeah. Especially online, where it's like, a whatever yeah. happened to And, and he'll, they'll always have like his picture and the ad that they want you to click. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Generation yeah. X, remember this face? Where's this hunk Click. now? Yeah, but he's like... Him I and mean, the kid who played Charlie in Willy Wonka. Because that kid yes. went on to be like a veterinarian or something. Yeah. But it's, I mean, applaud to, to uh, the actor of Jake Ryan because he's just like, I don't want any part of it. I'm out. Yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to come back for anybody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a great life. And, uh, yeah. Good for him. You get to be an iconic movie and then he very intelligently got out of show business. <laughs> yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. 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 Well done. But that's my number two. All right. My number one. Okay. Uh, we talked about the movie and you even mentioned the song and said you assumed I liked it. And you were right because it's my number one. Is the theme song from Weird Science. <laughs> I, is my number I, one. I knew it was going to be in your list. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be number one. I didn't either. I had my five before I had them in order. Okay. And then I was just trying to decide, like, how would I order them? And I was and I was like, when I look at it, for a bunch of different reasons, I'm like, Weird Science has to be number one. I That's love that movie. So I love that funny. Song. Yeah. But for me, with Weird Science, it's, it's, it's really nostalgic for me. I love that movie as a kid. But again... Being a child of the 90s, I did not love the movie first. I loved the TV series first. Oh, Remember shit. Remember they made a TV series? Yes. That was in the USA in the 90s with Vanessa yes. Angel as yes. Oh. Lisa? Yeah. Vanessa Angel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's, she's I, beautiful. I, that, show, that show came on when I was like 11 and I was obsessed with it. I loved oh, it before I even knew it was based on a movie. So you had no idea that this was a big movie in the 80s. No, I was 11. I oh, my know. God. That's so funny. I love it. But they, they used the Oingo Boingo song as the, as the opening credits music for the TV series, too. That show, so I, I just looked it up. That, had yeah. a four, that show had a four-year run. Yeah, it was on for a while. Wow. It was, yeah, it, was that's it, it used to be it was Weird Science and then Duckman. That, the, that was the block. Oh, yeah. It was on USA. And then, and then man, I, young... was, I was a little too young to understand Duckman, but I loved Weird yeah. Science. That's uh, so funny. That's like young it's, Paul. It's, it's like, it's, time to watch Weird Science. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then later I saw Back to School a couple years later and then they do Dead Man's Party and Back to School. And I'm like, is this the band that does Weird Science? It sounds like the band that does Weird Science. Yeah. Yes, it is. Both those songs are on their album, Dead Man's Party. Um, That's so it's, it's a great song. Funny. John Hughes asked Danny Elfman to write a song for his movie, Weird Science. And uh, and that's what he came up with. And it's great. Yeah. Like, it's, it seems like it, it's it's so burned into my childhood that it seems like it should be cheesy. But I listen to it now and I'm like, no, nah, this song is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's better than Dead Man's Party. I think it's the better song. And uh, 
I don't know if I can go there, but uh, oh, you prefer I think Dead I like Man's, Man's Party? I think I prefer Dead Man's Party. Weird yeah. Science, because to me, it's all attached to the movie, and to me, that I, I do like that movie, but it's my least yeah. favorite John Hughes because it's just so goofy, um, and so it's, it's hard for me to separate that. It's second to me only t- uh, to Ferris Bueller. Those are my top oh wow Ferris Bueller. Okay, but but I think that that makes sense because again, like I I came to both of those movies in the '90s when I was like a tween. Yeah, and when you're a tween in the '90s, all the the movies like Pretty in Pink and Breakfast Club, like they're not going to appeal. To, they wouldn't have appealed to me just because they would have seemed old fashioned, being so yeah. '80s. And yeah. also the no, plots, like the, they're, they're romantic comedies and I wouldn't have been interested when I was 12. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's but, a good uh, point. But Weird Science and Ferris Bueller, you could show those to a 12-year-old today and, and they would be fun. That's very, very true because Pretty in Pink and, and even especially Some Kind of Wonderful and Breakfast Club, they all have funny moments, but they're dramas. They're melodramas. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird Science is a very silly sci-fi comedy for children. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe exactly. not children because there's – I mean, it's a sex comedy, but <laughs> – Yeah, it's a sex comedy. That's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that is interesting that – yeah, so it makes sense that at your age, that would be the ones that you lean towards where, you know, Breakfast Club, I was 14 and then it was like 15, 16 uh, for those – rest of those movies. So it's like right in the heart of like all the emotions. Yeah. I just Which, never uh, – didn't have, have it with those. But Weird Science. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say, I mean, as much as I loved Vanessa Angel, once I saw the movie, I was like, oh, Kelly, Kelly Brock, even better. <laughs> Kelly Brock is head and shoulders better than Vanessa Angel. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. My number one mm-hmm. is from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Um, we've talked about this band, but we haven't talked about this song. But uh-huh. I chose it because it is the song that like – it is the emotional song and it, and uh, of the movie and to me of John Hughes. And that's the edge of forever. The dream Academy. Um, it was uh, the song that happens when Ferris and Mia Sarah, who I had a huge crush on kiss at the end. Uh-huh. Um, and oh, the, right before the, March yeah. of the swivel heads. Yes. Right before that, they have that yeah. moment. And, uh, there's so much nostalgia wrapped into that and that song. Like the first line of the song is like, when you were young, did you ever love somebody? And you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did, you know, and uh, just the sheer nostalgic, like I'll hear that song on Spotify and that will still be like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just one of those songs that's so like eighties emotional that you, you, you can't escape it in your heart. Yeah, I know exactly the song you're talking about. Yeah. Although, I left a Dream Academy song from Ferris Bueller's Day Off off my list because I didn't want to overlap. I assumed you were going to pick Dream Academy. Please, please, please let me get what I want. I didn't because we did it for a previous show. And I didn't show. even remember about this one. Yeah. 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 But I didn't, we, I didn't we remember about this song. But, yeah. Yeah. We, and I like Edge of, I like, uh, Edge of Forever better. I like Edge of Better Forever better than that. Also, I think it's better than Life in a Northern Town. Um, Edge of Forever should have been a bigger hit than it was. That, that It's a great 80s song. It is just a quintessential teenage love song. Yeah. No, that is a good pick, and I forgot about it. 
Oh yeah, it's it's. Does it yeah. have a great I mean, oboe solo in it though? The way it, please, please <laughs> there's has. there's no yeah. oboe in it. No oboe, but solo? It, it no oboe solo in it. But it does soar, and I mean, like it's got Mia Sarah in that movie. So you're just like, oh my god. That's, oh yeah, that's my I girlfriend. Mean, that was half the reason I watched that movie so many times. <laughs> they recently this during the pandemic they did a reunion. They yeah. did like a Josh Gad reunion where they got the entire cast. Um, and Mia Sarah looked wonderful. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. like wonderful. Uh, and it was, it was fun. Peterson was my dream girl. <laughs> 1996. Oh. Well, I mean, 1986. I was just like, everyone was like Sloan Peterson. Sloan yeah. Peterson. Can I, can I find a girl yeah. like Sloan Peterson? Yeah. Way cool. <laughs> With the white fringe yep. jacket? Oh, my God. Forget it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my She's God. Great. So many emotions with that song and with that with that woman. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's yeah. a good what pick. Were, what, were your, um, what were your honorable mentions? Well, we talked about Tenderness by General yeah. Public. Legendary song. The other one, um, I mean, the other one's number one for me. It really is. It's... it's mm the best song in any John Hughes movie. And it's the best use of a song in any John's John Hughes movie. But in a way I just didn't think it counted for this list. Cause the song and the band just stand so outside of like John Hughes movie soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And it's twist and shout by the Beatles. Oh, <laughs> from Ferris that's Bueller's so Day. funny. I would have never in a yeah. million years think to put that. You didn't even like that song I, I don't in think that it counts. context. Oh no, I did. I did. Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody 100%. in Chicago, and they have all the you got everybody in the in the city of Chicago to be dancing to Twist and Shout and all those pickup shots of like real people. It's such a great scene, and uh, it's to a certain it's extent, a great when scene I hear, yeah. when I hear yeah when I hear Twist and Shout in any context, I think of Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does count because I I thought. Oh no! It's they didn't do a soundtrack for it, so that makes sense. Maybe it's not. Um, yeah. yeah, count it. That's fine. But yeah, that would never. I would never pick that. But I like. I I enjoy that song for that scene. Yeah, um, I almost kept it off the, the list for the same reason that we kept. Don't you forget about me off the list? It's like it's okay. Oh, interesting. It's too obvious. Of course, I'm going to put the Beatles at number one. It's "Twist and Shout" by the Beatles. <laughs> of record course, you are. <laughs> My, I will give. Uh, two honorable mentions just off the top of my head. One that I think you should check out just based on our conversation. Yeah. The first one is from Pretty, Pretty in Pink, uh, In Excess, uh, Do What You Do. And what is spelled W-O-T, Do What You Do. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's a really, it's just vintage In Excess. Just yeah. a great vintage In Excess pop song. It didn't really carry over but by the next time they were their next album, they were already huge because uh, Kick came out. It was right before Kick. Um, oh, it was before Kick. Okay. Yeah, right, like right before Kick. But that's a that's a, that's a honorable mention. And the one that you should check out is from another underrated John Hughes movie called She's Having a Baby. Oh sure, yeah, with uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, who's the Elizabeth McGovern. Yes. Yeah. 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 Check out the theme that. song. Uh, it's good. I I like it. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah. Um, that was like his last like adult movie. 
Yeah. And I think that's the last thing he directed because then he just went on to write Home Alone. Um, but She's Having a Baby, the theme song is called She's Having a Baby by Dave Wakelin. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah. Dave Wakelin from the English Beat and General Public. Yeah. He yeah. did the theme song She's Having a Baby. It's a solo album or a solo song. It's good. It's 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 not it's not the English beat or general public because it's eighty. You know what though? Until we put this, until we put this episode together, I didn't realize how integral to John Hughes' movies Dave Wakeling is. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, he did the he did the theme song to "She's Having a Baby." It's a good song. It's good. I don't think you're going to be like, oh, this is killer. But as as a fan of the English beat and general public and Dave Wakeling, I think you will appreciate it. Yeah, I definitely will. It's another yeah. one of John Hughes movies I've never seen. Um, it's like what eighty? That under that's yeah, that's like eighty. It was after it's it was right after um, planes, trains, and automobiles. So I think it might have been like eighty eight, yeah. early eighty eight. It's it's it didn't do well. It's a uh, it's a, a lesser, but I uh, I ride hard for it. It's it's a good one. I like Kevin Bacon. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It's well, that's. Uh... That's it for this pandemisode. Thank you, Kirk, for the excellent uh, topic suggestion. Oh, my pleasure. That was a blast. And uh, we'll do it again in two weeks with a topic to be decided on. <laughs> we yeah, once decided. we figure it out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All righty. But that's it for this one. Bye, everybody. Bye.